Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm John Weeks and this is The Leader. Now three months into 2022, as we head into April, instead of the promise of longer days and warmer weather, families across the UK are worried about what lies ahead for them financially. From the 1st of April, the energy price cap is rising by 54%, meaning those on default tariffs paying by direct debit will see an increase of £693 per year. That, plus the recent rise in inflation and the cost of fuel, means a devastating cost-of-living crisis ahead for people in the UK, including Jenny from Hampshire. I'm not putting the heating on unless it's absolutely necessary. I'm I'm very happy to see the sun, actually, because it means I don't even have to think about the heating. I'm batch cooking all my meals with the most low-cost ingredients I can possibly buy. I'm having to cut down on the number of times I'm doing laundry. And currently I live within three pounds of my budget, so goodness knows what's going to happen. Jenny is unable to work, is living in social housing and is relying on universal credit to pay for food and bills. I've hidden my smart meters because it's just too scary to see the cost going up all the time. So far this year, Chancellor Rishi Sunak has announced a cut to fuel duty and a loan to help with energy bills, but no new rise in benefits payments. Really, it feels like I'm getting a pay cut on my benefits because cost of living, they know basically what increase there is in the cost of living at the moment, but they're still only doing the 3.1% for the benefits. At a meeting of the Treasury Committee this afternoon, the Chancellor defended his spring statement after being questioned about how it supports people in the welfare system. You're absolutely right. Someone else sitting here could have said, I'd rather spend that £6 billion on the welfare system. That's absolutely a choice that someone else could have made. Yes. And why did you make it the way you made it rather than... Because I think the other policies we've got to help people on welfare are the right approach to do that. They're more targeted, they help people move from welfare into work, and we're spending a lot and cutting the tax on the UC side to do that. So, what more is needed to help people already struggling to make ends meet? And what will happen if they don't get more support? Joining me now is Gary Lemon, Strategy Director at the Trussell Trust Food Banks charity. So first of all, Gary, what was your reaction to the Chancellor's spring statement last week? The truth is, I still feel a sense of disbelief and anger, really. Um, You know, I was in a food bank on Monday, and it was quite upsetting. There was a a mum there with a tiny baby, there was a 
a chap on a mobility scooter, there was a lady who was in tears when she was being asked about, you know, how do you see coming weeks and months with the cost of, of living crisis? And, and with his announcements in the spring statement, the Chancellor made a decision not to help people on the lowest incomes by only uprating benefits by 3.1% when we're looking down the barrel of kind of 6, 7, 8, 9% inflation. That's a real terms cut in benefits. So without any new measures, what will it mean for people already finding it difficult to pay for their bills, food and essentials? The consequences are going to be devastating uh, on the ground. Um, people are going to suffer. It's going to, it's going to be more people locked in these awful decisions, impossible decisions. You know, do I put the heating on if it gets cold? Do I feed myself no probably I need to feed my kids instead and, li- and literally go hungry it's the start of term I can't afford shoes for my children in modern Britain you know 2022 it's completely wrong that people are, are facing hunger poverty really deep poverty and and this budget did very little to to help those people And there have been stories recently of people rejecting food like potatoes from food banks because they can't afford the energy to cook them. Now, when it's that bad, it seems to me the reality for most people will be to either go hungry or end up homeless. Is that what's likely to happen? The potato story, just to pick up on that, I well believe it. And that very kind of starkly points to the fact that there's no lack of food in this country Instead, there is a fundamental lack of income amongst too many people. There are you know, excellent think tanks out there who've been analysing uh, the budget and, and are um, uh, predicting things like you know, more than a million people falling into absolute poverty, uh, you know, children being particularly hard hit. Um, yes, I, you know, I think inevitably, unless radical action is taken, you are going to see an increase in things like homelessness, need for food banks. I I can't see any any other way around that. And I understand some food banks have become oversubscribed already by demand for food. Is that something the Trussell Trust has seen too? Absolutely. Like we have seen some food banks who've seen a massive, massive increase in need. And, you know, I mean, that kind of raises worrying questions about the fact that we are effectively relying on charitable generosity of the British public who are fantastic but those same people are also facing these cost of living pressures I, you know, it points to the fact that the system is completely broken that we must rely upon this in order that people literally do not starve and um, we are lucky being a big old network it means that we can help one another and support one another and you know I think that uh, a lot of the food banks now are do support each other kind of locally if there are surges here or there. But there's only so much that they can do and and should do, frankly. So what do you make of the measures that have been made by the government to try to support people this year? When you look at a lot of the decisions that have been taken recently, so a lot of the support is geared towards people who are in work. So things like the cut to the universal credit taper rate where people can keep more of the money that they can earn. Which I obviously really, really welcome that. But it, it points to this kind of deeper malaise. We've got a big problem in this country, which until we get over it, we're not going to be able to make progress, which is where 
too often politicians, and I would actually say that this isn't limited to one party. I think people across the spectrum do this. They split people into the deserving and the undeserving. You, you hear politicians all the time saying, you know, we are here to represent hardworking people. That way of framing issues of poverty and benefits is really harmful because not everybody can work all the time. There are very good reasons why some people are unable to work. And the government obviously has a lot to deal with at the moment with the cost of the pandemic, the conflict in Ukraine. What do you make of the economics behind the measures announced in the spring statement? It's not just morally wrong leaving people like this, although it clearly is. It makes no economic sense. Giving people on the lowest incomes money, they're not squirrelling it away in Swiss bank accounts offshore. They're spending it in the local economy. So, yeah, it's a a really grim situation. And I, I always try not to sound hyperbolic in this job. But I've been working in the kind of the anti poverty sector for sort of 15, 16 years. And we've had a decade of cuts, caps and freezes to the benefit system. We had this brief respite partial from universal credit. But now this cost of living crisis is built on top of all of this awful history for for people on on the lowest incomes. And I'm really, really scared. I'm really scared about what is going to happen because the support just isn't there. Incomes are not high enough. Keep up to date with all the latest news features and interviews in the Evening Standard newspaper and, of course, at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. We're back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.